0: You need a credible shared vision, right? Money follows vision. The lots and lots and lots of places need money. Often, it's the wealthiest places that get the most money. The reason is those wealthy places have got something to give money towards. So I want to say credible. We're not talking pie-in-the-sky nut stuff. There should be some uh, notes floating around somewhere. Uh, um, and I'm not, going to deal, I'm not going to get onto the second set of notes. You can just have those. That's, that's got some of the... Well, I was hoping to do some stuff on preaching on it, but that's all right. Uh, but um, you need a credible shared vision. And, I, and this, I think, is a terrific quote. I got it out of a book. There are two ways in which churches operate in terms of money. One is live the vision, and two is pay the bills. Now, most people operate, most churches operate, as I'm going to show you in a minute, on a pay-the-bills mentality. There should be some um, notes there for you. Uh, so please remember that. We, we want It's got to be credible vision. It's got to be shared people. The people have got to board into it. But you want to be able to say, this is the mountain that we want to climb. <laughs> I'm going to lead you to climate. I want everybody to be on board. I'm going to help you, train you, et etc., et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> But let's take that hill and it's going to cost you in your time and your treasure and your talent. Uh, if you haven't got that, if it's more, we need a few more dollars next year to turn the lights on. Uh, that's literally what often happens. So that's the second thing. Needs a credible shared vision. <clears throat> you need to teach generosity. Um, it's not fundraising. In fact, if I could wash everybody's mouth out that said fundraising, it's far more faith-raising. <clears throat> um, and you want to be, in, 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 in your preaching and teaching, yes, from time to time you can talk about money specifically, <clears throat> but I would want to sort of say, talk a lot about generosity and then put money in the generosity concept, because people get jumpy about about money, <clears throat> You know, they might have, for all sorts of good reasons, they might have heard all sorts of weird, um, you know, TV preachers or they might have had bad experiences in the past. Um, but generosity is a noble concept. You know, I want you to think that I'm... I would like you to think I'm generous. You know, if, if I went our way and you thought, there's a generous man, I'd walk out feeling pretty good. If, you, if, you, if I walked out and you thought, there's a stingy old skinflint, I'd feel bad. So I want to um, help people to become what they want to become anyway. And that's one of the ways in which you can get across the concept that you're trying to raise money, but you're also trying to to bless them at the same time. And generosity is a profoundly biblical concept. Um, And, you know, we could could talk about how to do that, but that's in another session and it's all in the book. Now, just to give you an example of the live the vision versus pay the bills, I've got out of a... uh, a bulletin that I went to on the Gold Coast. I often uh, go down there and I'm um, on holidays and I went to a church there and I go to it often when I go there. I've been going about five or six years. Uh, Frankly, its budget uh, has always been about $10,000 and they're always behind. They haven't really changed much in in that time. But coming from 2010 when I actually took the bulletin away was such a classic example of what not to do Uh, I thought I would uh, just um, keep it. Now, this is what they literally had published in the bulletin, and I'm begging you, hear me, I'm begging you, I'm going down on my knees and begging you, do not do this or anything like it. Uh, Um, Up to the end of October 2010, uh, if we can have the next slide, please... Um, Offerings have averaged $9,381 per week, well below the budget and a little bit less than 2010. In other words, we are sick. And sicker. Uh, while expenses are below budget, we've not been able to contain them and uh, to the same extent that the offerings are down. So in other words, we're, go- we're getting less money, but we're getting more expenses. We're in trouble. Um, No budgeted change. Oh, we expect to finish 2010 with a budgeted shortfall of approximately $24,000. In other words, we're in a pretty big hole and we're going worse. Uh, No budgeted changes of staff are currently in place. In other words, we are not going forward. We're not taking a hill. We're not going to do any more ministry and we're not going to help people come to Jesus because we're not expanding. We're just going to keep on going. Um, Maybe it's not as bad as all that, but I'm this one mine. That that's what the congregation somehow are hearing. Keeping going, going on the next page, on the next slide. Offerings are budgeted at ten thousand one hundred and thirteen a week. Okay, we're going up a little bit. While this is a seven hundred and thirty-two percent increase on the current offerings, our average Sunday attendance is close to four hundred. So, if each person attending put in an extra two dollars a week, we would be covered. Please, 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 never say that. Right. <clears throat> Because money doesn't get given equally. You want your big dollar donor to be putting in 100 extra bucks a week. Supposing you've got Jamie Packer in the congregation. You know Jamie can toss in a couple of thousand dollars a week extra. That's what you need him to be doing because there'll be some people at the other end who will be giving you 50 cents. Uh, and so you, your, your offerings get skewed. You know, 80% of the money comes from 20% of the people. Okay, so given that you're going out and you're talking to people about putting an extra two bucks a week in, well, maybe a fraction of them will do that. Uh, So you're not going to get very much at all. What you want to be saying far more is uh, you might want to say two dollars a week. It's an extra cup of coffee. However, you might say that's that's arithmetic. What actually happens? I know that many of you have been blessed greatly with God's resources and you can give an extra $50 a week. And I'm asking you today to give it because some people can't give $2 a week. And so we need those who God has been generous to and blessed to come and, and give extra, you see. So you, you, the $2 a week thing is, a, is just a nightmare. Um, and finally, if offerings don't reach the budgeted amount in the first quarter of next year, the leadership team sees little alternative but the, at that time to recommend the church reducing staff. In other words, we're not going to do any more ministry. I mean, the whole thing is negative, it's going down, it's focusing on money, it's talking about budgets. Never talk about those sort of things. And if you want to know the way to do it, is you might want to say, um, this year... The ministry at our church has seen twenty-five people saved. We've seen fifty people go on camps. We've seen a whole pile of women go and do X, Y, and Z, whatever they do. You know, Uh, we've seen the men's ministry won fifty people to Christ. You saw, you know, etc., etc. And you run down and you say, "To achieve this ministry, we need ten thousand dollars a week." So far, uh, the giving has been nine thousand five hundred. Tell them. But I just want to thank everybody who's been giving. But please give some more because we want this great ministry to be coming and we want more to be going on next year because next year we're going to be hiring an extra person. Okay? So you want to tailor it in terms of ministry, tailor it in terms of vision, and, and talk about where they're going. So never talk about budgets. Never talk about fundraising. Talk about the ministry that's going on and how... The ministry is changing lives for Christ, and then how they can be part of that. By all means, give them the dollars, but give it in. A, give it. Don't give it in this negative. I'm going down the gurgler, and I'm going to cut staff. I used to tell people at Fictory, I'll walk around the parish on my hands and knees before I let a staff position go. Uh, just never would, never wanted it to happen. Okay, so what I'm going to be talking to you today, and again, I'm apologising to people coming through. I've got actually two sessions of one hour rather than one of one and a half, so I'm racing through a lot of material, doing it all the wrong way educationally, but I just want to get us there. Uh, Please buy the book and you'll find all about it. Um, I want to talk to you briefly about two types of money. Um, Firstly, um, ongoing weekly offerings, which are reasonably important. And secondly, uh, there's another one is major building projects. Now, I won't be dealing with the major building projects. Again, it's in the book. We built a big building at Fig Tree. The principles are similar, but um, you've got to... uh, It's just more intense and you've got to do it in certain ways. But I've I've got a chapter in the book. I think it's about chapter 14 about how to do it. Now, what we did and what I stumbled on, because I knew nothing about this when I came out of college, and I'm not blaming college. I went to a very good college. But generally, uh, colleges tell you about theology. They don't, t- they don't have time to do some of the other stuff. So what I, wanted, what I wanted we did was ultimately stumbled across conducting an annual commitment day. Now, at that commitment day, I asked people to do two things. One, I asked them to sign a commitment card, right, and actually to sign on, on a card um, Again, the card's not here, it's in the book. Okay, another, another, another marketing thing for the book, but please forgive me on that. Uh, um, card's not, uh, it's, uh, and that would actually give a, a dollar amount of what they were going to give. And so we actually put a certain number of dollars on it. You know, it started off, um, I think at Figtree when we started in 1997, I started at the high end at $2.50 and uh, I finished up at about $2 or something like that. We had a youth card that started at 50 and went down to about one, thanks to Tony Story, uh, <clears throat> who um, was a member of the congregation. Um, when my friend and colleague, Bruce Clark, went to Manly, Manly is a much, you know, much more affluent area, the wardens changed their card. It started at 750 and went down. I thought, well, they're in, they're in business there. But <laughs> what we are asking people to do was to either write the, write the amount or tick the box and then sign their name. Then sign their name, because the signing of the name actually says, I am fair dinkum. Uh, Don't wimp out, in my judgment, on the signing of the name. Now, to give an example of the commitment card, if we could go forward to that first video, please. Yep. I hope it works.
1: Well, Sally, it's that time of year again where we're coming to sign a commitment card. A lot. A commitment card. Which is what? Well, it's where we commit to giving for the next year. Giving what? Money. I'm mean, going to give money to somebody. Not to somebody, to God. Well, like, mm-hmm. here's a somebody. Well, here's a somebody. But yes, we're committing that every week when we come to church, we're going to give a certain amount every week. I can't do that. How am I going to know how much money I've got coming in in the next month? Let alone the next year. What do you think I am? No, 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 no. no. This is a faith exercise. I don't like exercise. Well, this is a good exercise. You have faith. If you commit to a certain amount every week, yeah. you have faith that God will make sure that money is there. What? We have to give money to the church. I know, I know. Then Yvonne will get a jacuzzi. Yvonne's not getting a jacuzzi. Ron's getting a jacuzzi. No, he's getting a jacuzzi. Okay, okay. The money is to help the church with all the ministries that are involved with the church. We commit, and that helps the church for the next year grow and expand and do all the things that it needs to do. But I don't know how much money I'm going to have coming in. Well, you just need to have faith and trust in God. If I put my details down here, then, you know, the CIA can track me. The CIA is not going to track you. Nobody is going to see this card, except for Rod. He's going to see it. Yes. And the administrator. That's it. That's it. There's not going to be like a list on the notice board. No list on the notice board. The only people that will see it are the people that need to see it. Just Rod and the administrator. They need to know what's coming in for the next year. But nobody else is going to see it. This is between you and God. Wow. That You know, it's very scary. It is very scary. What if I can't give very much? It doesn't matter how much you give. You need to talk to God. You need to work out what is right for you. But what if I can't give as much as, you know, you? You don't even need to see what I'm giving. You don't need to know what anybody else in the church is giving. It's not a comparison. It's not a competition. Who cares what everyone else is giving? It's between them and God, not between you. You give what you can manage. I have to, you know, sign it. Well, if you put your name on this and you sign it, it means that you're making that commitment. It helps you know that you've made a commitment. Then it's very scary. <laughs> it is a little bit scary. And don't worry, you're not the only one. Every single person that signs this is a little bit nervous. But it's okay. We just need to have faith in our God that, and he will provide. Well, I guess I can do it. Well, I guess you can. I think I'm going to sign it. Okay, off you go. Okay, here we go.
0: Okay. that's good. Um, what was going on there? What was I, what was I trying to do? I mean, I, let me let me say, I didn't have anything to do with putting it together. Other clever people did. I mean, I just, as senior minister, said, "Yeah, that's a good idea." So, <laughs> but they all did the creativity. I didn't. <coughs> be pardon? Get yes, getting the message. That's absolutely critical. <clears throat> getting getting the me- I want the congregation to be sitting there and enjoying my asking for money, uh, and that was really important. So I could have played that a couple of times. So, yes, exactly. That, that's a very key issue. With most of our videos that we made, and we made quite a lot, uh, were made with humour in them. Yep, with people's
2: in a very uh, easy, comfortable,
0: yeah. conversational way. That was exactly right. We, uh, she had lived a lot of that, so there are a couple of lines she said there that I probably would have liked to have rewritten. Uh, but... Have given that I gave her the broad principles, and she had libbed it, and I just said, "Let's put it in the can and, and go," you know. So, so yes, we wanted to we wanted to think. Okay, if you're sitting out there in the congregation and you're worried about signing a commitment card, um, the the puppet who could, the, and they can get away with everything, as you know, um, is, is able to deflate those sort of fears, and and that's hopefully what happened. Now, I didn't make that. I'm, I think we'd been going. I, I did ten of these commitment days at Fig Tree. I didn't understand how to do them until I'd been there ten years, and then we did another ten years. And I probably did that in year, in the about eight years into my in, into uh, about the eighth commitment day, because I wanted to freshen it all up. And and that's another point that I want to make to you. Um, I we didn't change the general direction of what we were doing, but we added many of the we added a paint job to many of the elements. And that was just to make it look a bit different, uh, to give new people the understanding of what was going on and to get the old people laughing at at what was going on as well. So um, make videos really does help. Okay, Um, and I'm sorry, if I can get through what I want to do, I'll toss it open some questions, but uh, I just do need to get through some of it. Um, All right, some key issues. I don't think it matters which size of church you're in because what I feel that's going on are fundamental principles of doing things rather than size-specific things. Uh, I think the big thing for church planters is you may not have a large congregation already, or even a core congregation, you may need some external sourcing to do it. So you might need to learn how to go to somebody who's got serious money and pitch a vision to that person to get some seed funding. Again, I've got a chapter in the book about that. I'm not going to deal with that today. But that would be the only difference that I would see, that if you really just didn't have any people at all. But providing you've got people in front of you, uh, then the principles will will work whether you're in the country, whether you're in the city, whether you're in a start-up, whether you're in a, an established church, whether you're in a big church, whether you're in a small church, because they're just principles. Okay, um, I think it's absolutely important to get people to sign the cards. Uh, um, I wouldn't let people wimp out. Now you can't force them. I mean, try and force people. You can't do that. But I would. I would always. Um, encourage them very strongly because they're making a commitment once people have actually signed the cards they tend to keep to their commitment um and what i would do is i would sign the card in front of them in other words uh, I, well, I had four or five services at fig tree and so i signed the card four or five times but but i would have my my um um my card, and I'd come a little bit further so I was close to the congregation and say, okay, this is what I'm asking you to do right now. <clears throat> the card would be on the screen, and, I, and I'd be asking you to sign on the, bottom to, on the, on, on the dotted line and, um, and, put you, and sign there, and I would sign my card and put it in an envelope in front of them uh, because I wanted that to be a very visual, tangible thing. So <clears throat> my encouragement is don't wimp out on that. Uh, and I also believe very, 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 very strongly that the minister needs to know, uh, <clears throat> because from the bottom of my heart, uh, this goes to my belief about ra- raising money. It's not a money issue; it's a faith issue. Right? <clears throat> it's how well your co- this is a manifestation of where your uh, congregation's heart is individually with God. So what I used to say to them, when you sign, you're actually saying this is not about money, it's about faith. And the way I would explain it to them is, you know, uh, the minister would, it's it's as legitimate for the minister in principle. Now, I never did much with it. Right? I never went around and checked people up or anything like that. I'm saying this is an in-principle thing. But you know, if you're having a marriage problem, okay, it's fair enough that the minister knows and, and can understand that you're having a marriage problem. That's part of his pastoral counseling. Why do we say that money is the one thing that he can't know anything about when Jesus says, when you are where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, you see? Jesus is actually saying this is the barometer of the soul. Uh, and so in principles, being able to say to the minister, this is what I am doing, uh, is actually, you're actually saying, no, this is more about, more about my heart, it's about my faith, it's about my relationship with God, uh, than it is just about dollars and cents. And so I, I found that, I used to feel that was very, very important. Now, some ministers didn't want to know. I've always thought that was a mistake. Um, um, some ministers felt that they would um, be compromising and be, um, be in some way tempted to suck up to the rich uh, I just didn't feel that as a problem I didn't feel as a problem for this reason you've got all sorts of temptations in your life in ministry to, um, to maybe do the wrong thing and, but you know the people who are giving you time you know the people who are rolling up their shoulders and they're coming to working bees and they're going in evangelistic missions and they're, and they're going to, um, into Sunday school and they're doing youth groups. You know all of those people. Um, you just don't know some of the ones that are giving, right? So you can be equally tempted to be partial to some of those other people, as you are to this one, you shouldn't be partial to anybody. And I, I never felt it was my particular was a particular worry for me. If you really think it's a problem, well, <clears throat> well that's another thing. But <clears throat> I always used to think, well, I could, you know, I could suck up to the person who was giving me 16 hours a week, you know, doing the books or whatever it was, just as much as I can suck up to somebody who's doing something else. So that, <clears throat> that didn't particularly worry me. But I thought the the whole business of being able to say this is about this is about faith not about money, trumped all of that. And in fact, I made, we made a video about it and talked about, I, I said money is the litmus test of where your heart is. And in our video, we had a guy in the congregation who who claimed that he was, he came to me in, 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 the, um, in the video, he comes to me as a young bloke, he was going to high school, he'd been learning litmus tests. He says, I don't really understand these litmus tests. And so I said, well, I know a bloke. And so I took him out to the chemistry department of the university. And we went out to the university and we went to the chemistry department. We went into the labs where one of our congregation managed one of the labs. And we did a litmus test out there and uh, and showed him the litmus test. And the guy said, oh, yeah, I really understand it now. Thanks, blah, 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 blah. And then I come on at the end and say, but Jesus says, where your treasure is there, will your heart be also. You see, this is a barometer of where your faith is. Uh, And so that was the way we proceeded with it. Okay. Okay. the number, Point number three I've got on that slide, it needs the endorsement uh, of your board and your staff. Now, what I, we did was that, um, well, the first thing was that I actually, I've got, I think I've got this somewhere, um, I actually announced my amount. I told them exactly how much I was going to give. And I told them because in 1 Chronicles 29, in the building of the temple, King David says, I'm giving this much out of the royal treasury and I'm coughing up this much, an exact amount, out of his, um, uh, out of his own personal wealth. So it was a leadership deal. And I always used to say to the congregation, I'm, I'm telling you this not because I want you to think oh, what a good boy am I. I'm telling you this because I am the senior minister of this church, <clears throat> and I am not asking you to do anything that I am not prepared to do myself. And in fact, I must give you a lead. So, uh, so then I did it. Oh, that right. Okay, I've I've got that on point four. But if we go back on point three, I, what I missed is you need the endorsement of the board and the par- and the staff. So <clears throat> the uh, in one Chronicles 29. Um, what happens is that David gives, the elders give, and then the people rejoice. And I assume that they and they had a party um as well. So what I wanted to do then was to have the leadership lead. I led. Now I didn't do what we didn't do was to have the elders give their individual amounts. They all gave their um cards in to me the week before and the staff, they all gave their cards in. And I announced on the week before Commitment Day that, the, um, that the, the leadership of the church in the staff and the parish council had given this amount of money. Uh, and I, I announced my amount. And again, I said, we want you to know that as a team, we are not asking you to do anything that we won't do ourselves. So I felt, I felt always that that was a, a biblical pattern. And if you've got on the screen there... Um, <clears throat> <laughs> Collectively, yep. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I pushed staff and elders in together, right? Uh, and, and parish council. I gave my amount individually, but and I'm interested. To, the funny thing is that you see this pattern here in one Chronicles 29, but you also see it in, funnily enough, buried in Nehemiah 7, 70 to 72. You just go and have a look at Nehemiah 7. And you will find that, um, obviously, the building of the walls cost money. And it says the governor gives. It says some of the elders gave, and it gives their amounts, and the people gave, and it gives their amounts. Now, some of the elders, you, you remember, if you read, remember in Nehemiah, some of those elders were reasonably recalcitrant, and they were ripping off everybody. They're not the, they're not the prime leaders of the community. <clears throat> but effectively, the same threefold prongs were there. I just thought it was interesting. I, you know, I was reading my Bible one day, and bingo! When I of the middle of these lists in Nehemiah, think, wow, there's a bit of gold there. I've got it. Uh, okay. Um, I would stress to you that this takes advanced planning. Uh, I, I, um, I've got in the book uh, a six-month timeline. I used to start thinking about the preaching topic six months before. I've, I've had people say to me, "Oh, Rod, we're really going down the drain with our money. I'd like to do a. I've, I've read, I've read about having a commitment day. I'd like to start in three weeks' time. And there are just, to me, there are so many elements that need to be preached through, or, or, or thought about, and prayed through, and organised together. You know, you have just got to get brochures ready, and that you've got to get videos done. You've got to get a preaching program put together. You've got to assign a time in the year properly to do it." It just takes a lead time. If you're doing a building, a major building campaign, that lead time needs to be 12 to 18 months. Um, but if you're just doing a, uh, if you're doing a, an annual one, I would start. We did always did ours in November, um, and um, I would start thinking about the series in um, April. Just mulling it over in my mind, I mightn't mightn't write it in April, but I I wanted to generally know. Uh, One of the things I would have said if we'd have been doing the other set of notes, I used to think it was hard to find commitment series. and So I stole the first three or four. I just found the best ones in the world, acknowledged them to the congregation and and, uh, preached those messages because I wanted to know how to do it. After I started to work out what the common patterns were, I started to see them everywhere in the scriptures because there's, there's so much about money in the Bible. It, it's just everywhere. It's literally riddled with it. So you can do dozens and dozens and dozens of these things, but when you're starting off, you just need a lot of time to think about it and how to do it. Shirley? <coughs> um, you talked about money calling vision. Did you connect uh, the commitment Sunday with any vision series? Is this
2: where we're going next year? Is
0: this going <coughs> year? Is that in November? Um, uh, do I, did I connect the money thing? Yes, I, I did. You, you, can either, you can either do this two ways. You can connect money with the, the vision of the church. And I, we always used to preach a four to five week series on either, either faith or vision. Or you can connect it with discipleship. In other words, I can grow you as a person or I can grow us as a people or I can do a bit of both. And in the context of that, I would always hold out um, some vision for your personal growth or the church's collective ministry, uh, probably both together, and uh, and ask people to support that. But uh, certainly I wanted to weave both in because I always, I'd certainly believe that when people's hearts are changed, then they're likely to give. But sometimes if their hearts are changed, they don't know where to give. You've got to give them a vision to go and give it. So... So yes, the answer was very much so. Um, All right. Uh, What are the components? And this is why it says it takes a lead time. I always used to do a a questionnaire that said, one thing we do well. I used to give this out to the congregation. One thing we do well and one thing we'd like to improve. Uh, I used to give that out somewhere in the middle of the year, remembering November, second Sunday in November was when we raised, we their commitment series, um, and um, I, I genuinely wanted to get a climate of feedback in the church. You know, I, I, did, I did not want to have a defensive, a, a defensive congregation, uh, or, sorry, or a defensive um, staff or defensive me. If there were things that were wrong out there, I wanted to know about it. If my sermons were lousy, I wanted to know about it. Uh, if if ministry was just going wrong, I wanted to know about it, but I just didn't want it to be a whinge. So I, I put the one thing we do well and one thing we could improve on, <clears throat> so people would have that opportunity to give me feedback. But and and sometimes. They would, and, and positive and negative. But sometimes what would happen would be, you know, you always get the... the there's not enough old hymns. There are, there, are too many old, there are too many old hymns. The music's too loud, loud. The music's not loud enough. And, you know, if you get them in roughly even amounts, I didn't take a great deal of notice about it. But, you know, but if, for goodness sake, the, the toilets are falling to bits and it's a shame, it's embarrassing to be here or, you know, or something like that, well, then I'd say, okay... Then I would make it a project. And I would go out to the congregation a few months later and said, Well, we listened to you. You wanted the toilets fixed, so here's our toilet fixing project, you see, or whatever it might have been, or if there was a problem in the children's ministry, or whatever it whatever it was, I would, if if there was a, a, a great feeling in the congregation that something needed to be fixed and it had a project type nature, all right, I would make that a project for that to be fixed. If it had a ministry type nature, I would, put on a st- I would make that a project to hire a staff member for it. Either way, I won, you know. <coughs> um, but I never, never let those go. Um, you know, we'd be, we'd, be, we'd be hiring an intern or something like that. You know, anything, anything that was a major issue. But, you know, six of one, half a dozen the other, well, you're going to get that. You just thank everybody for their feedback. Um, and I published the results without the names on them. They put their names on when they hand them in to me. First year, stupidly, I didn't tell the office to cut the names off, and so I got a lot of irate people saying that they wanted to be anonymous. But we got them to put their names on, but then when they were published, I put all the, put them out in lists so people could read them, because I wanted I wanted this openness. Uh, then I, I cut the names off in subsequent years. Um, uh, the commitment card... We mailed. I mailed a commitment pack out beforehand. It had a commitment card in it. Um, it had other brochures in it that were mailed out. The commitment card also went in the bulletin. Uh, it went out over every week, pretty much, because you know, where the dog ate my commitment card, I didn't want them saying that. Uh, but you know, people people are just not there. You just need to keep on reminding them. Now, um, uh, I also used to say. Uh, I would mail them out but the first week I put them out the back anything that wasn't collected I um I mailed out then but I will also say please go and look for your thing if you haven't got a uh, if you haven't got a, an envelope please let us know because it means there's a glitch in the computer and often you would just Pick up a whole pile of people who changed their address and hadn't told you to, to do things, but I basically wanted those to go, so I'd, I'd have a bit of a chance the first week, just put them out the back. But then the, the Monday morning of the second week, I'd say to my secretaries, just send them all out, uh, and then I would refer to the I would refer to it every week, of course, within the within the commitment series, which happened for five weeks leading up to the second week in November. That was most convenient for us. Um, I would may ask people to tick an amount and sign the card, as you saw the puppet do. And I would also just generally promote it in every way I could bulletin, notices, internet, Twitter, whatever whatever suits your fancy, uh, do it. Yes? Is there any question um, around <coughs> when you do it? Like, why, why do do it? Oh, well, <laughs> again, for us, um, we were traditionally, we, we called ourselves Fig Anglican Church, but originally it was All Saints and it's very close to all saints day and i wanted i wanted a saint to bless the whole thing when i was starting it off you know so <laughs> you know it was just you know um when when i i i wanted to have people um i wanted to have i wanted to get us all together and have a big combined service one one good friday and i wanted to get us off the property so i invited a bishop to come and and get us off the property you know I, I just wanted to sanctify it with something that would calm down the nervous Nellies you know because there's going to be some people that'll you know they'll, they'll jump at any change and you've got your the ones who won't jump at you know, see so, so an all saints day mollifies all the old ladies that remember the days in different things and a bishop makes everybody happy who, you know who really thinks that we shouldn't be going out of the church and so you just try and take them with you
1: yeah. uh, <clears throat> The Australian Privacy
2: Principles cover any information that you're collecting from people, getting from people, like, mm-hmm. you need to keep a record of all that you're taking from them. Uh, they need to
0: like, have that option to opt in, all that kind of stuff. Um, have, you, have you thought of any of those sort of things? No, I haven't. I haven't. That has not crossed my mind, but I thank you for raising it. Yeah, so yeah. that changed last year. Right.
2: And it's now against the law to hold any information, to take any information involuntarily from people without them knowing
0: what you're going to do with it? Right. Well, I don't think we would have necessarily been countervening that because people knew what we were doing. Yep. I mean, I was taking it, I was going to publish it. I told them all that. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, now, the other thing that you do is you, you basically what you're looking for is you are looking for um, money for week-by-week offertory. But, you are, but what's also good is to look for special projects on top of that, right? Now, here is the key thing, and this is a really important principle. People will give to what turns them on, not what turns you on. And people will give in general to a certain number of areas. <clears throat> now, they will, they will give to maintenance. Some people won't give to maintenance. Some people won't give a brass razoo to maintenance, but some people will. Some people hate the fact that that, play, that tile up there is out of place uh, and they will give to that, you know? And so, or, or the toilets need painting or something like that. So always have a maintenance project. Obviously, mission is important and you, because you want to, to, to uh, say to people, we want to give money to people, to people out there so we're not getting any benefit from it whatsoever. Some people will give for new buildings, or new staff meetings, places, or whatever it might be. We, we extended Fig Tree enormously and with a whole range of places. Some people won't give a brass razoo to that. They'll say, why shouldn't we be giving it to missions? Well, good for them. Great. But, you know, it, you can actually you can actually make a mistake by saying, look, you know, we're not going to have a project this this day about missions because we're going to try and give all our money to the new kitchen. We need a new kitchen. It's really, really important. So we'll give the money to the new kitchen. We won't do missions this year. The people who are going to give to missions are going to give to missions whether you put it up there or not. They'll just give it through other cause. And if they're not going to give to a kitchen, they won't give to a kitchen. right? So you've got to give them a range of things that they will give to. And there's normally about six of them. They will give to mercy ministry. Now They'll give to feeding the poor, caring for the lonely, building up the brokenhearted, that, those sort of ministries. And they're tax deductible. So get a tax deductible fund and always have one of those in your um, in your quiver. <clears throat> You can get a tax-deductible fund for music. Would you believe a music fund? Uh, it's a different sort to the tax-deductible one for mercy. But all of your music, your music director, the, it, all of that can be done out of that. Um, you might like to give Miranda Anglican or Figtree Anglican. They both got those funds. I don't know what Figtree's done about it, but I started it up just before I left. But um, the current Archbishop of Sydney told me about it because where he was he used to be the rector of Miranda, and he told me he had a fund there, and we got the name of the um, the solicitor from Miranda, and he, they set up a fund for us. But you can fund all of you, you know, you can fund all of that out of it. Uh, Christian education, people will give to that. Uh, whether it's scripture in schools, those sort of things, they will give to that. Um, there's another one called Our Church, Our Ministry, that was is a lovely one. That is code for give us a bucket of money that the minister and the elders can do whatever they like with. Uh, and that's a wonderful fund. And if people love your church, they will give to it. I was always astonished at the way people would give to our church, our ministry. They would really do that. Um, and uh, But it, they, they'll give to it if they love you and they trust you. And what you can do with it is you can top up the other funds, you see. You can pay for any of the expenses that that cost you in running the commitment series. Uh, you can um, seed fund other ministries, but supposing you're trying to to seed fund a staff member, say uh, for home groups, as we did, and you don't get enough, you don't just don't get enough. Well, you can seed fund it. From, um, you can just top up our church, our ministry, money into that because the people have given you that option because you've been given the. Um, the permission to do that, or you can spend it on um, things around the church that what they call hard money. Now, anybody worked in a church knows that the backup systems, the computers and all that sort of stuff is pretty important, but it's not sexy. You know, you can't just go and say, look, this is a wonderful church, we're doing absolutely... We're, We're going to be going out and we're going to be winning people for Jesus and souls are going to be saved and the lost are going to be reached and all the rest of it, but we'd like some money from computers. It just doesn't go down very well. So you've actually got to pay for that money out of a different pocket. And that's a, that's a reasonable one to do it. But you know what it's like. You know, you, you've got lousy computer systems and that. Things just mess up. Well, to what extent do you
2: find that people were able to delineate all the breakdown of those, of those range of like, seven things that in their
0: giving? Like, uh, Did you find that people are, uh, like a Say sixty percent were willing to give their money to mission
2: buildings and mercy and education or church individually, like separately, or do they just stick it all in one
0: refuse. Hey, Most of the time, what we used to do, and I uh, is that we go. We had an envelope, and on the envelope, I would ask people to. I had each of those. Each of the projects were down with a box next to them, and they would tick what they wanted, where they wanted it to go. I never particularly um, did an analysis of which were the most popular, with the exception of, I don't know why I haven't got it here, but I would always, always put children's ministry on it. People will give to children's ministry. Now, people your age will give to children's ministry because you're getting to the stage when you're having kids. But I want to say to you, people my age give to it because we are desperate that our grandchildren don't lose the faith. Uh, I just spoken, speaking to a bloke the other day, 76, he said to me, I just feel, I just feel sorry for our children growing up in this world. And that is a, that's a resonance because my age group grew up in the 50s and the 60s and I'm not saying it was paradise and I'm not saying it was godly particularly, but the structures of society were not anti-Christian the way they were and and generally you just didn't have the sort of stuff that was going on. And we've seen often children and grandchildren lost. And so we're desperately keen for that to happen. So you ask, and, and we've got superannuation money. So ask my generation to fund our church, our ministry, or children's ministry, and you'll get a bucket of it. Right. <coughs> um, you ask for this um, additional to your commitment? Though? Absolutely. So At you're, the same time. Are
1: so you doing, give us three <coughs> to give to yep. the rest for next year? Yep.
0: This is an actual Thanksgiving on the day. And so they, I, I give them... They have a card. They have the commitment card. They have a brochure about all of this. It's all explained in a brochure. They also have a um, uh, um, uh, the envelope. And so they've got... And all of that fits in a bigger envelope that they put back in the plate on commitment day. Would it be better to move <coughs> from the project to another time of year? So that you're not. Well, <coughs> it's just that... <coughs> No, well, the thing is, we didn't. I'm not saying you couldn't, but I mean, I was having one big hit per year on this thing. So I wasn't having two two what would be considered to be money hits. I was having one big one. Though, if you wanted to, um, you could... See, we were doing airs at the end of the calendar year. You could do one at the end of the financial year as well, if you wanted to. But we, we just tended to do one big commitment series that covered this. And so people knew that they were going to get effectively hit once a year, and, and, and then we're going to get on to business and other things.
2: Um, so we we <coughs> do something in, in November. Mm. What I've learned over the last few years is that so the good things about November, because you're kind of getting to the end of the year, but you're also heading into Christmas. Mm. It's when a lot of people are having their big expenses. And so I've, I've just often thought um, mm. when people are about to head into like a really expensive time, is, is that the... He's the best time. And we, we've ended up getting
0: a hit in November, then a hit in kind of March, April. So it's remind reminder. <laughs> okay. Well, if you can do two hits, more power to you. <laughs> um, look, that's a very good point. I, I never felt it like that, but I did try and get it all finished before December. So, but, but on that point. And as I said, it worked for us because, you know, when the October holidays finished, I found that if I started my preaching series... On the on the last Sunday of the holidays, I got five weeks in, and I like to have five weeks. And then basically, it was all done. Then and then, then I started to let them think about Christmas. You also get the guys before their bonuses. Come in. Most bonuses will come in. <clears throat> yes, and uh, I was told to ask people to give out of their bonuses. I actually had a had a, somebody worked at BHP said they, that we get big bonuses. Ask us, hit us up for the bonuses. So yeah, <clears throat> excellent. Okay. Yeah, well, whatever works in your calendar year. Yeah, I don't think there's any. I mean, the Pentecostals tend to do it in June. They they do the um, end of financial year thing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Now the um, the commitment day projects they're they're promoted by brochure. They're promoted in videos and they're extra the ongoing weekly giving. I mean, I, so I would say, what I'm asking you to do is two things. I want you to sign this card, and I want you to stuff this envelope full of money. <laughs> I'd, I'd say it with a smile on my face. <laughs> but we found, I'd love to tell you the stories of this, we found that um, making videos about the commitment, about the projects, pushed the amount of money that we got into the stratosphere. And one year, we wanted to hire a bright young guy, and we didn't have any money. I mean, I only, I only had money for staff one year out of 20. And I hired a new staff member every year. only had money one year. So this year, we had no money. We decided we'd hire a guy six months before. Some of you will know him, and you might see him on this video that's coming up. <clears throat> hope this one works. It's, it's good.
2: Bruce, need your help, mate? We've got to reach these guys. We're struggling. We need your help. Thanks, Lee. Um, I'll write a note and get back to you. OK, we need you.
1: Bruce, one. you know that new jelly beans group Brianne's trying to get up and going? Yeah, yeah. Can you come and set up a meeting with us to give us ideas about how to connect with the mums? Oh.
2: I'll write a note, I'll get back to you.
1: Thanks. Hi Bruce, you got a moment? Yeah, yeah, good Uh, to see you, Louise. Yeah, just over in pastoral care, we've just got some new ideas of reaching out to our community and we're just wondering if you could just come in and help us with some evangelism ideas.
2: Great idea, can I get back to you?
1: Okay,
2: thanks Bruce. Thanks Louise. Bruce, 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 Bruce. Hi, I need all my leaders trained in how to share the gospel. You want help too? Come right on, it's Yeah, yeah, right now, man. There's souls at stake here. Let's go. Can I get back to you?
1: Man, <laughs> I need it now. What am I going to do? I'll
2: write a note. And I'll give you a, give you a call. <sighs> Bruce, there's a guy in the car park. He wants to be saved. He wants to be saved now. Be saved now. Can right you save now? Him. Right now. Can he save you save him? I'll get back to you, Clark. Save? Tell him I'll come later. He's in the car park now. Yeah, yeah. I'll come later. I've just got to fix something up for Rod. You can't save him. Sorry, Bruce. <laughs> hey, Bruce. Hi, Luke. How's it going? Uh, great. great. Really? Yeah. Heaps good. Hey, we've got Rookie coming soon. Yeah. We need someone to preach. You want me to preach? Yeah, and follow up afterwards. And Rookie? It's really important, Bruce. I'll get back to you. Okay. that will be great. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Bruce, there's someone in the front office who
1: wants to talk about God.
2: Can you come now? Tell him to come back tomorrow.
1: <laughs> oh, hey,
2: Bruce! Bruce! Hundreds of Musos at the front door. Just go Jesus, tell us about Jesus. Help us, mate, please. Can't they find another church to come to? What do they want to come here for, Group? <laughs> Alright. What's with this church? It's just going bananas. jolly want me to solve everyone's evangelistic problems. How am I gonna do it? You know what? I need help. Hey, I've got an idea. I'm Stuart. And I'm Carolyn. And uh, we're the stars. And uh, we're really looking forward to coming down to sunny Wollongong and uh, starting our new life down here. And in particular, getting to know you guys and getting involved in what it is that God has prepared for us here. And I guess that particularly will be evangelism and also working with the uh, 24 to 30 year olds. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Hmm. Honestly. Bruce's role has expanded as the church has expanded. He's a busy guy, preaching, teaching. He helps me in a whole range of leadership and management activities. He supervises staff. He's involved in FCOM, as well as just simply caring and loving for a lot of people. And frankly, evangelism hasn't been getting the, the attention that we would think that it needs to get. So that's why I'm really excited that Stuart and Carolyn Starr have agreed to join us. Stewart's a fourth-year Moore College guy, he's theologically trained, he's just a really great young guy who we know fits our church, he's got a great heart for God, he's got a great heart for the Gospel, and he's a good communicator, and we're looking for him to energise and bring a whole range of impetus to our evangelism ministry and also to our young adults ministry and the older section of those young adults. So please support that as a great opportunity this, this coming Commitment Day.
0: Now I just want to want to say that we didn't have a brass razzoo to put Stuart on. I didn't did not a penny. Um, uh, we had to add hundred thousand dollars to the budget. It didn't all go, go to Stuart, but you know when you when you actually add a staff member, you have all these other on costs and all the rest of it. So with an extra hundred grand, um, what we did, we got a certain amount of money for Bruce, and we topped it up with our church air ministry, and uh, we limped through. Uh, but uh, but you know, and again. We wanted to make... And I didn't have anything to do with making that video. I think it came out of Bruce's creative mind. That's Bruce Clark. if you don't know him. He's now the rector of Manly, very, very capable guy. And and, um, and that we just made a video that people just wanted to watch. And it was just so good. And just like you laughed when you saw Stuart come on, we all killed ourselves laughing, and it was, it was just great. And so people are just... So their, their money's just about ready to jump out of their wallets when you, when you show them... <laughs> <coughs> See, I wanted to make the the raising of the dollars a joyous activity. I didn't want to make it a doom and gloom activity. It was, it's just great to be part of the God's kingdom and it's great to be part of God's work and it'll bring you great joy when God gets a hold of your life and it'll be just fabulous to be generous. That was the, that was what we wanted to get across all the time. Uh, um, so I, I, and, and so, I never roused in the congregation. I just used to go out and thank everybody for their generosity. Now, not everybody gave, but I just wanted to put a blessing on the whole lot of them and and just hopefully bring them all up and uh, and because you know being being negative and stingy and that about money is deeply ingrained in our materialistic character, and so you know you 're not necessarily going to change it overnight you want to, you want to loosen it all up over years so we 're just being positive, smiling, gospel. Um, uh, gospel messages and evangelistic um, videos and going forward and just getting people to get on board. Well, we've got a race. I'm sorry about that. Um, I have There is another video. Well, let's have to jump the next slide. It was a lovely one. I'd love to show you Jeff we just don't have time. So can we go to commitment co- components of a commitment day further? Um, <clears throat> I used to run Bible readings, uh, put them in the bulletin, because I wanted, I wanted the commitment series to be about spiritual growth and discipleship and vision casting, not to be seen as their mind about money. <clears throat> so every every year in the bulletin, I would be putting a uh, for for each sermon, I would write seven weekly Bible readings, um, and just let them let them look on that. Uh, we had uh, I used to write up small group studies, and. <clears throat> And Well, I didn't do it. I delegated it out to people in the congregations. There were certain people who wrote wrote them. And so I I told them what I was preaching on, and then they generated some studies. Normally, we didn't get everybody to to study the same thing as the sermon, but for commitment series, I did. And so, again, we wanted to say, we want you to grow. Um, We had a vision dinner every year. Now, you could just make it a vision day, but every year for Fig Tree, uh, normally midweek, because we had a Saturday night service, we had a vision dinner in the middle of the week. Uh, And um, we would have a big slap-up dinner. I subsidized it because I wanted as many people to come as possible, subsidized it out of our church, our ministry. Uh, I didn't want to make it too cheap, but I didn't want to make it too dear, right? So I tried to keep the cost down and shave the thing off the top. Again, if I could get out of a congregation, Fig Tree probably had, you know, I might have had 1,500 people on the roll. If I could get 250 at the dinner, I was quite happy. They were the givers, you know, because people don't give, you know, they'll be the people who give. Now, what we tended to do was have a great celebration of ministry. It was a great joy to be there. Uh, I would give a vision speech every year, um, uh, very quickly, if you want to know how to do a vision speech, Google uh, Rick Warren vision speech, and you'll get seven points to put in it. Works, it's brilliant. Uh, but I would give a vision speech about where I wanted the church to go. Uh, we would we would honour some people in ministry one year. Bruce got everybody who'd been saved during the year to stand up, and we applauded and yelled and chanted and cheered. And uh, we would we would make we had uh, a video made of of a lady who'd been doing ministry in the church since 1947. She couldn't come to the dinner. She was about. 90, but we, want, we just wanted to say, whoever you are, whatever part of Fig Tree you are, we honour you, we love you, it's great, and we want to celebrate your ministry. So it was again an activity where people were going away thinking, God is good, I love being part of this church, and I really want to give to it. Um, again, I, I really do apologise for the racing, but I just want to get through the, the rest of it. We had a, We had a days of prayer. Uh, I put a, um, either either a um, 6, 12 or 24-hour days of prayer. We often did 24 hours. And I, off, I always did the 2 o'clock to th- and 3 o'clock in the morning stint. It's a leadership thing. The coldest. Wollongong get blooming cold in the middle of the night in winter. But, or even then, it was um, in October. It was still cold then. Uh, but I, I wanted to say, I, I used to get up to the congregation and say, I'm going to be here at 2 o'clock. I'd love to be having some friends. Please, will somebody come and be with me? And, you know, there's some hearty souls would be there at 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, But I always felt that I couldn't ask for anybody else but me to do the 2 o'clock session. And I I normally did at least two hours of it. Um, uh, we would also do, as I said before, a four-, five-, or six-week, most of it were five- or six-weeks, sermon series uh, to build disciples <coughs> um, And as I said, I stole the first ones. Bruce Clark worked out the first one. It was called... um, uh was all about growing. It was, you know, it was, was was all about growth, <clears throat> and it was growing in, in relationships, growing in evangelism, growing in financial commitment, growing in our knowledge of God. So it was all it was was all linked together. It was a topical series link, linked out by that. I, I stole from John Maxwell, Bill Hybels, Rick Warren for the first few years. I acknowledged it, <clears throat> and then um, went on and start figuring out how to do them myself. Um, but again, it's preaching. Uh, it's preaching from the Bible, and it's preaching to raise people's faith, to raise people's hope and vision in the church and in God, in in all of those things. If you are introducing it, get try and get the endorsement of the, of probably the most significant lay person. Uh, now, as it just turned out, our treasurer was probably the most significant lay person in the church. Uh, and it just so happened that he was the treasurer. I would have got him had he not been the treasurer. But he would get up, particularly at the start, and he endorsed this process to the congregation. So when you've got the endorsement of the most significant layperson, he brings the rest along. Um, you know who I could have got to endorse the young ones, Dan. Uh, that, that certainly helped the process in those early days. <coughs> um, but, you know, you, you've got influences throughout the congregation. You've normally even got a very large congregation, got one significant figure, but you might have a couple of sub-figures and you want to get them on side <coughs> so that when people are grumbling and that, <coughs> that, these people are damping them down and saying, no, this is going to be really great. This is, ter- this is terrific, you know. Um, <coughs> there are a few questions. Um, what if my income? People say, "What if my income goes down next year?" I'd say, "Oh well, you've signed a card. Your income goes down. Don't, don't. You know, if that's a problem." Don't, you, don't, you know, I haven't signed it in blood. Somebody else's income will go up. You know, it'll, it'll balance it all out. So I just tried to, you know, I wanted them to be, you know, I, you know, I didn't want them getting a divorce over the thing. You know, you know, if they suddenly got put out of work, you know, I didn't want them to think, gee, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've got to give my ex dollars to the church. I wanted to make them relaxed about that. But you know that that's a relatively <clears throat> small group of people, um, and. Uh, I, I just didn't want to take the the, the problem there. People say, Well, <clears throat> when you sign the card, aren't you breaching um <clears throat> you know, let, let let your left hand know what your right hand is doing? And I, I never thought that passage applied. I did it because David did it. <clears throat> and in the gospel in Matthew six, Jesus is talking about giving alms and praying <clears throat> and um brain's gone. What's the other one in hmm? Fasting, But he's, all, he's talking about doing it ostentatiously so that people will see LT doing it and say, man, you're just a spiritual giant. <clears throat> now, I was never trying to do it from that perspective. And I would want to say to you, if you really take it too literally, you'll never pray with anybody else. You'll be away in your room, in your closet, praying by yourself. So you've got to look up. To me, it was always looking at the attitude. Jesus was talking about the person who wanted to puff up their piety and have everybody think how good they were. And I used to say this to the congregation. I said, I'm doing this for one reason only. It is because I, at the moment, am the leader of this congregation and I should lead. But the day I stop being the leader of the congregation is the day I'll stop doing it. And the day I start liking it is also the day I'll just stop doing it. So they understood that and um, they lived with that. <clears throat> and I've talked about why I should sign my name. What to expect? Um, generally, 30 to 40% of people sign the cards. Generally, it could be a bit variant in that. <clears throat> 60% don't. Um, but those 30 to 40% give 85 to 90% of the money. So the 60% that aren't signing the card that are telling you that their money is between them and God, are not giving very much at all. Now, there might be significant exceptions. There there will be people who you know who have been from an old school that that just give a lot of money, but they want to keep it secret. Okay, I understand that. There will be people who want to give it to um, Scripture Union or Evangelism Explosion or some missionary society and they don't want to give it to you. I understand that, but by and large, if you take the broad spectrum of people, the ones who sign the card give you the money, and the ones who are complaining about signing cards don't give you any money. Um, the ones who complained, I used to just love them and smile sweetly and keep on going. I, ne- I never ever went and say, you know, you stingy skinflint. If you actually had a heart for God, you'd sign the card. You know, that just doesn't work. <clears throat> um, might, might in some churches, but uh, <laughs> uh, I've heard... Um I've heard Driscoll give people a serve, but um, but I'm not Driscoll, you know. Uh, <clears throat> I was really jumpy when I listened to one of his sermons. He really ripped into his congregation one time, but I, I can't do that. Um, right. What do you do with the um, the information you get? Do you
1: plan off the base of that? And if you are planning off the base of that, how do you project, given that only 30, 40% of
0: the people will sign? Right. What generally happens is, when you 've got um, we had a pretty fair idea of roughly where we wanted to be next year. We were doing this in in November, so we were calibrating finally you know whether whether that we got, we were we were putting on two more interns or one more intern or something like that with this with the Stuart Star thing. We just made a decision to do it, and we hired Stuart in May and prayed like crazy for the rest of the year you know um, but uh uh, sorry, what was the other? Yeah, both, both. We do use it for our sake, um, and we had a broad idea of where we were hoping to be. But also, what you, what we found was that when we got the commitment cards in, supposing they were for argument's sake, twenty thousand dollars. Okay. Um, I could work on the fact that I was going to get another twenty-five percent on the number that was on those cards. So that the people who are signing the cards are giving the bulk of the money, but there is extra money out there. So, and I, and I um, initially in the first year I was working on about ten percent extra. Uh, but the, the, the overall... I took the overall thing and I multiplied it initially by about ten percent. But after we've been doing this for ten years, that that multiplying factor just kept on going up. Uh, And it went up to about 1.25, I think. (laughs) Wardens got very, very, very interested in that figure. They'd be getting, you know, they'd be getting their calculators out and and doing this and saying, you can't have a centre more than that. And I'm thinking, no, no, no. But but the other thing I I would say to people is, you need to track your own... You need to do it a few times yourself and track the way it's going for your congregation. So what my figures are really worked for Fig Tree in my economics situation um, and... uh, but that, that was the way we did it. The uh, the other way in which I used the the information was that I chose parish councillors or elders um, out on the basis of those cards. <clears throat> now I did, not only on the basis of those cards, but if people are giving and they're giving significantly, it means their heart's right with God and their heart's also on board with this church. So we, so before we, we used to have it, you know, parish council in the Anglican situation was chosen in march i would look at those cards i would figure out if i had any vacancies coming up i would look down the list and i'd be looking for godly people who um who were committed to christ had their lives together had leadership capacity and who'd signed then i would go and ask them to stand i didn't never left it to chance now, you could have got on, apart from that process, you could just stick your name down on the, on the list and hope to get up, but if I've got a really, really excellent two or three people on the list, they're going to get voted on nine times out of ten. So that was a really good way of doing it. I've never had any problem with parish council, never. Uh, I've given you a, uh, I've given You need some follow-up letters. Uh, I've given you a sample calendar there, and that probably is about it. I've got some extra videos. We just don't have time to do them. But, um, again, all in the book. Uh, And if I can give a little plug for it, it would be really What's really good is to buy one for yourself, but it's helpful to do what some wonderful, great leaders have done is buy some for their teams. And those sort of leaders are absolutely off the top. They're fantastic. So, look... um, Thank you all for being here. I'm sorry it had to be so rushed, but that's, that's, the, that's the life of it. And there is a lot of theology behind it all, but I just haven't had a chance to give it to you. And I haven't had a chance to tell you about buildings. And I haven't had a chance to tell you about high, big, deep pocket donors. And every blessing on you guys too. Um, look, I'd just like to finish by praying for you again, okay? Father, I, I just, it just gives my heart a great deal of joy to see so many young people who want to get out there in this incredibly secular age, in a secular Australia, and tell people about the Lord Jesus. And so I just pray that you would pour out your blessing upon them, that they would preach powerfully and fearlessly, and the material that we've learnt today not just raises money, but raises people, raises churches, and helps gospel ministry to go forward. And I just pray for that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.